We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Nice Tradecast on the Rotoviz Radio Network. I am your host, Nathan Powell, and this evening I am joined not by Dan Seno. He is out of commission for this evening, out of commission for the week. So I, I, I took, took a call to the bullpen. I, I need to get a nice closer in. So I'm bringing in my good friend, John Bosch. How are you this evening, John? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'll, I'll go back to my baseball terms and ask if, if I'm here for a, a blown save. I believe that's what I'm getting set up for, right? <laughs> no, we always bring you in for the lights out one, two, three inning with, with John Bosch. So, so not as you yes. So as uh, usual, when, when John and I get on the microphone, we usually talk some sort of commission stuff because John loves commission stuff. I also love commission stuff. So um, if you were listening the last couple of weeks, we did our QB and RB report cards, you know, handing out some grades for the first half of the season. I mean, first half, for the for basically for the season. Um, we're going to take a break from that since we're missing Dan. I don't want my other – I don't want my co-teacher to be like, well, how did you give uh, – uh, who's a wide receiver? How did you give Elijah Moore a B plus? It should have been an A plus. Um, so we're gonna take a break from that, and we're gonna talk some commish stuff. So first thing we're gonna talk about, and I'm gonna call somebody out here, and I'm gonna, gonna just put two names out there because I'm not, I can't remember who I read it from this from today. It was either uh, Heath Cummings or uh, or Jody Jody Smith. I love both of them. One of them said that as commissioners, we should be flexible with the COVID breakouts that are occurring. Um, right now, and we should uh, maybe loosen different, you know, IR rules or loosen different waiver rules. And without, I don't really get on Twitter fights anymore. Um, but if I were, I would have gotten into a Twitter fight saying it's asinine to uh, change any sort of rules in week 14, um, especially because we've been doing this for two years. Like your rules should have accounted for the possibility of, of craziness. And if they didn't, then that's your that, that's your own fault, basically. <laughs> Um, so, uh, as I'm basically, uh, you know, ragging on a fellow fantasy analyst, fantasy writer, um, John, what are your thoughts on adjusting in season with, with COVID craziness? Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not a fan of adjusting in season. <laughs> I should have been taken, taken care of in advance. I mean, we've talked for two years now, they have unlimited IR, like there's no reason to limit an IR in any league. <laughs> this, but you can't go back. You can't you can't go back and change it. Um, 
I mean, I guess if you want to, what you can do is you can talk to your league. I'm, I'm guessing this is one that has like limited waiver runs or something like that. It's one of those leagues where like we have waivers on Wednesdays and Saturdays and that's it. And there's no first come first serve or anything like that. If the league is set up that way, one, fix that. But uh, I mean, I think you do have to kind of gauge the reaction of your league. If the whole league is supportive and says, you know, hey, like we, we need to have something happen on Sunday morning for us to be able to replace these guys. We were, we're playing with really short teams right now. So I would talk to my league. I would, you know, make a decision on my own. It's not something I would even put to a vote because there's no reason to vote on anything at this point because some people are going to vote for whatever selfishly helps them. We're in the playoffs. There's money on the line and others are going to vote for what selfishly helps them the other direction. So like, there's not even really a point to that. I would just have a discussion in league. If I felt it was really necessary, like if I did have, I'm not going to call them bad rules because all rules are fine. You just all play by them. But if I had rules that prevented flexibility at all, you know, if I did have those Wednesday, Saturdays and no first come first serves, I probably would gauge the temperature of my league on saying, Hey, how about we open it up to first come first serve after the Saturday waivers at least. And that way people can replace people as, as they get put on COVID IR. Yeah. You do bring up a good point that maybe I'm just being all bah humbug, uh, grumpy old, old man here, but like at the end of the day, if there's, you know, 12 fantasy managers and all 12 are like, yeah, this is a good idea or all 12 are like, yeah, this makes sense. Even if it doesn't like make sense for them, their fantasy team personally, like, who cares? Like if the 12 people involved all, all like it, it's fine. Um, and even if it's like 11, who cares? Um, yeah. but I do think that it brings up a, a bigger point and I guess COVID would have been like the one time in the last two years where we could have had like had a reasoning for in-season rule changes. Is there any other time that you've seen? Uh, like, I know that you and and Scott and and pretty much I think most of the commissioners that, that we talk to have that whole like league's best interest clause. And are, are you often, I'm often it's probably not the operative word here, but like, is there a time you're really invoking that in season? No. <laughs> yeah. It's it's there. Uh, and the fact that it's there basically does give me the chance. Like if somebody kind of even hints at doing something, like, because a lot of times people try to test the waters, like in the chat first, like, hey, what if I did something like this? And I'm usually pretty clear, like, no, that's definitely not allowed in this league. Like just because it doesn't say it in the bylaws that it's not. I mean, you can't write everything out. Oh, you, can't, you simply can't do that. That's just not possible. So it's not the, you know, everything that's not written is legal. It's going to be my call in my leagues because that's just how I run them. But luckily, I've been pretty good with uh, getting pretty lucky with managers that I haven't had to deal with that a lot. Yeah. And in leagues that have unique rules, like I talked about with the league with no name leagues, I feel like every year somebody finds like not not necessarily a loophole, just like one way to clearly give themselves or themselves in another manager a distinct advantage. I'm like, mm -hmm. now I have to put that in the bylaws. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things that like, to an extent, I like that owner because they, 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 you know, show me my weaknesses. They, they poke holes, but then also that, that manager is the pain in my butt that like makes me adjust my bylaws four <laughs> times per year. Um, I had one where I had to specify that when you miss your auction nomination, you're out of the auction. Like I've never put that in a bylaw set because I just always assumed that uh, this person then traded like an opened up roster space and 
made the argument that now they have space, they can get back in the auction. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was the person they got back in to bid up against. So I didn't make the ruling in my favor on the spot. Like if it was any other manager, I'd have been like, no, you're not getting back in. But I was like, whatever. It's hard for me to make the ruling for myself from that standpoint. But I'm like, when have you ever seen any auction where if you miss your nomination, your auction is not immediately over? Like you can't just get back in. But so now that's so, in all my bylaws. So while we're on the uh, the topic of COVID, um, we're not going to talk about your day job. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you do you envision all of your COVID bylaws staying the same or even maybe even, you know, ramping up for 2022? Or do you think that is more of a question that we would answer in July and August? I, I mean, I, I actually love the expanded IR <laughs> like mm-hmm. and that's not going away. That's that's not going away with COVID. Not that COVID's going away anytime soon, unfortunately, it doesn't look like. Uh, but I mean, the NFL now, they they can put guys on IR for, what is it, three weeks? I mm-hmm. think it's like the minimum now. So th- the NFL relaxed their injured reserve rules. I think it's kind of okay for us to reflect that and have more relaxed injured reserve rules. So I love the unlimited IR. Now, I do have a stipulation in all mine. Like, you can't pull some guy off the waiver wire. Yeah. You can't put them on your IR immediately. Like, because then you're just going to stash 50 guys that are on the waiver wire on your IR. One, that's just pointless and clogs up the transaction log. (laughs) It's very annoying. Uh, But I mean, that's not, that's not what the intent is for. The intent is for when, when you have three or four guys getting hurt in a week, which we are all having right now, you know, you got to be able to put them on IR so that you don't have to get rid of them and you can open up that space. Yeah. And you can, you can argue one way or the other about this, but essentially that game is just who can spot the guy who's on IR first. Like, oh, like, you know, Jarrett McKinnon yeah. just went on IR, stash him. Jordan Love just went on IR in one QB league, stash him. Um, so I, I do, one thing that I do think is getting proposed a little bit more often, and I don't know if this is COVID related or just more injuries with this, the 17, 18 game season, but I have had people ask me, um, we, at one time I was in the Capitalist Pigs, I believe you're still in the Capitalist Pigs leagues. The IR and Capitalist Pigs you can, as soon as a player has the O uh, mm-hmm. symbol next to them, they can be put on IR. I personally, I, I don't have that in my leagues. And I think part of that is because I, I think that that just makes the waiver wire too barren. And we've had this conversation several times before, but I do think that there should be a possibility for you to like win without being like the person who is glued to the waiver wire and always making every single move and always making every single trade. Like that shouldn't be like a requirement for you to compete in a fantasy league. And I think in leagues where you have the O where they, they can be placed on IR. That is a severe disadvantage to someone who isn't making like 18 waiver claims per, per week. It probably is. I don't mind rewarding those people, but I also don't have first come first serve in a lot of my leagues. Most of my leagues are auction based and they're bankrolls. So like you have to pay no matter what. And then mm-hmm. I'm fine. Like if you want to, if you want to take 18 guys a week and you're spending every time, that's fine. Cause then you're just decreasing your budget. Uh, as for the guys that are out, pigs is a thin league. I mean, like it's a, it's a thin roster. So it makes a little bit of sense there in leagues that I run where we have like, you know, 28 to 30 is typically what I make the roster size. I don't think it's needed. Um, you, you can, you can, you can get enough guys on your IR from IR. And if a bunch of guys are just, Oh, and they're out, well, they're not going to be out for three weeks. So maybe you take the, take the hit for one week, but then you gotta, you gotta figure out a different way. 
Yeah, I mean, the one thing that made me, like, contemplate adding O to my IRs for next year is that COVID for vaccinated players is basically just an O. Like, they're missing one week, like, two weeks, absolute max. So, like, it seems like it's a weird thing to say, oh, like, this guy who has a hamstring strain, he can't go on IR. But this guy who's on the COVID list, who's probably going to be back in two weeks, he can't go on – I mean, he can go on the IR. Which maybe the, the next, that problem would then be, like, oh, does COVID no longer have an IR spot? But that, I think that would cause some problems as well. So there's, yeah, I mean, for, for now, for now, we don't know what the NFL, what their policy will be for 2022. And once we do, I mean, I, I'm not against making a change to how my COVID IR is set up, but I, I won't do that until I know exactly what the NFL does. I think they'll continue to operate pretty much the same mm-hmm. as they have been. And then I'll just continue to operate the same as I've been the last two years too. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's move on to our next topic. We're done done with COVID for now. Um, This is a topic that's been hot in the streets. By hot in the streets, I mean there's like four or five people in your mentions talking about it. Um, you, I think you are more so one of your, uh, you know, players in one of your leagues brought up tradable seeds. Oh, yeah. Um, So you have a guy who essentially he's going to get the sixth seed or he has the sixth seed. He doesn't want it. Um, he, he's like, I would much rather compete for the toilet bowl. I would much rather see versus the six. So you brought up the concept of tradable seeds. What? I, it seems like that you're going to try 2022. So I, I guess you're in favor of it, but c- kind of 
talk through the the pros and the cons as you've thought this through in your head. It's probably going to happen in my power hungry league, which is the league where this is brought up. And that's already like a rule set that is so unique and different from anything else. That's the league where I have superpowers where, so you can actively play defense against another team. Uh, If you play a power, you can stop a player, stuff like that. So it's already a league that is um, different from your basic vanilla fantasy football league. In this guy, it was actually the difference between getting the sixth seed or he would have had the ninth place. Like his, he outperformed. Like he won games that he just shouldn't have all year. He he, he won. He did win this weekend too. So now he's going to get a top four uh, auction budget. And his team is uh, like, it needs help. He, he, he admitted it beforehand that like he, he would have kind of preferred to have that ninth ranked auction budget which is a lot going to be a lot higher than, you know, or the ninth place, I should say, ninth place budget, which would actually be the fifth highest budget. Now he's going to have a top four budget, so he's not going to get nearly as much money uh, for next year's auction. He he kind of jokingly said it, but then he said he was only half joking. I do think it's interesting. Like he was like, what if I, you know, I wish I wasn't in the playoffs. And when he said that, I was like, it would be really interesting if you could trade your playoff spot. Like, he doesn't want to be in it. There are there might be another team or two that they're peaking now. Like maybe they had some injuries throughout the middle of the year, but now they're actually healthy and they feel like they can make a run. Wouldn't it be kind of fun if they could trade their playoff spot to them? Like I have no idea what the market would be. I've never seen a trade for anything like that. So when something like that occurs to me, I'm like, wow, that's that's intriguing. Like how much would you pay to get into a playoff spot? Like, would you give up a second to move to a playoff spot? What what happens if you're the number one seed? Man, you think your team is just hot. Like, you feel like you are going to roll the playoffs. How much would you give up? Or what would it take for you to give up that guaranteed first week by and take yeah. on the risk of losing? Like, it's going to backfire on somebody at some point. I don't want that to be me. <laughs> yeah, I do think that. That's more in, the 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 concept of trading for the buy is much more intriguing to me than trading for the playoff spot. Trading for the playoff spot, I think, is going to end up in you being disappointed more often than not if you're not one of the top six teams. Probably, um, unless it's like one of those like head-to-head leagues where it's only head-to-head and like you could be the second highest scoring team and be the eighth seed. Like outside of that type of format, I think that if you're trading into the playoffs, you're probably not going to win the championship. You know, the odds are eventually it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be a team that's that's looking to do that. But if I was a three or four seed or, you know, maybe a five seed that was getting hot, I would very much look at trading for a two seed to, to get that buy. And w- one of the things about a buy in your traditional six, uh, you know, six playoffs, um, you know, half the, you know, half teams are eliminated each week type of thing or head to head is that if you have a buy, you're guaranteed at minimum to be in the third place game. And in most leagues, the third place game pays for your buy-in. So like if I was a team that was like, Hey, like I want to try and at least play myself into some money here. I'm going to trade for that buy. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I think that's something that I would look at doing. I don't know if I would ever do this outside of a league that was specifically like for like something crazy, like the power hungry leagues. But I do think it's a very interesting concept that would result in some interesting trades. Yeah, I, I I really want to see what the market is on it. It's going to be wild. I, I have a feeling just based on the conversation that we had in the chat, nobody came out like vehemently against it. And most people were like, wow, that's 
kind of interesting. Granted, again, it's a bunch of degenerates that already play in a pretty wild league. Yeah, I mean, this isn't for your traditional, like, Yahoo 10-team no. redraft. <laughs> no, no. This is a 14-team league, and they are all crazy people. All right, before we head into our second half of the show, we're going to talk some playoffs and some kaleidoscope um, league talk. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about Roto-Viz. Get your Roto-Viz on. It's the perfect holiday gift for your your husband, your wife, your uncle, your brother. Get their Roto-Viz on. RV Radio 2021 gets a 10% discount, and it helps support the pod. Um, get all access to all the great tools like the Game Splits app, like the, the um, you know Box Score Scout, and even uh, you know the Fantasy Points app that we've been talking about in recent weeks. So make sure you get your of his on RV Radio 2021. Help support the podcast. We appreciate you. All right, now let's just get into some typical general playoff rule talk. I feel I feel like we talk about these every year, and I'm not, I'm honestly not sure how many listeners we pick up per year. I don't know if how many of you are listening for the first time and have never heard me talk about the playoffs. Um, if you haven't, here's a treat. If you have, then hear this redundancy. Here we go. <laughs> um, my my general thing first off with, with the playoffs is that I hate matchups. Um, kind of like from my first like few times I played fantasy, I was like, playoffs, uh, playoff matchups stink. Um, you know, being like the three seed and getting outscored by the six seed, but having outscored the four and the five seed is just all sorts of painful. It's like, oh, I just lucked into are, you know, unlucked into facing the sixth seed when they were getting hot. So I am vehemently for the the top half teams advance each week, whether you have six playoff teams, 12 playoff teams, no matter how many teams you have, there's ways to fit in, you know, top half teams advance each week. Um, so John, what are, what are your general thoughts on, on a lack of matchups? And is there, is there one playoff rule where, where, I mean, is there one playoff rule where you're like, this, this is in all of my leagues or this, this is what I, would be in all my leagues in the perfect world. Uh, yeah, and I, I actually think it takes it takes away the requirement of having the all-play format. I use call-outs in my league. So you didn't luck into the three versus six seed. The person who earns the three seed in the first week of the playoffs, they get to choose their matchup between the four, five, and six. So it, it, from that standpoint then, like <laughs> it's on them to pick the right person, and they can't blame random anything they chose their matchup. They could choose the four seed. They could choose the five seed. They could choose the six seed. Because uh, I do still like the head-to-head stress. Uh, I do like the all-play, too. I have leagues that have that. Uh, and I play in plenty of leagues that have that as well. So I, I do like both of those formats of fantasy. Mine, because I love the call-out aspect. Like, I just, I straight up love that day. I love getting to post this huge Twitter thread on Tuesdays when, the people that they can make a call out and that's just, that adds so much fun to the league when you have to pick the person you're saying, I am going to beat you to advance in the playoffs. It's hard to do It is really hard to be the person choosing. And it doesn't feel great when you get chosen, to be honest. So do, do you think that generally when you're making alterations to your traditional playoff setup, do you think that it should give advantages to the top two teams, the buy teams, or do you think that discourages parity that discourages people from trying to, you know, get the, you know, chip in a chair type mentality with, with the six seed. For me, I, I generally like to try and reward those top teams as much as possible just because of the luck involved in the playoffs, but I can't like, so I, I'm in the kitchen sink leagues 
And the kitchen sink leagues do heavily give advantages to the teams that are the top two seeds in the fact that essentially you get to what would be the championship round th- from your conference by getting you'll ha- basically you have two weeks to choose from. So one basically your highest score between two weeks is the score that advances. And that is a huge advantage over the other teams that are just playing with, okay, this is the one week I have to play. Um, so do you like, you know, pr- prohibitive advantages for those by teams? Do you, or do you, or do you more so on the side of let's try and get as much parity as possible? I don't mind giving the top big advantages in like the, so the second week in my playoffs, then the one seed gets to make the call out. Uh, they get to choose between the two seed or the two winners from the previous week. So mm-hmm. there's advantages all the way through mine too. It's not as heavily as the kitchen sink where you get two shots at a score. That is a significant advantage when you get two chances at it, um, but you earn it. I mean, you do have to earn it. So it keeps people playing hard at the top all the way through the year. It it definitely feels harder to win that league than if you go in as the fifth or sixth seed, but I don't think it actually prevents anybody from trying to get the fifth or sixth seed because people still want to get in and try and make the playoffs in those leagues. So the playoffs but you are definitely giving an incentive to being up higher. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of any other playoff type topics. Do do you like multiple week playoffs or carryover? So what one rule that I have implemented in most of my leagues is I don't have a two week championship, but I have. And so with the updated week 17 championship, the basically the semifinals are week 16 and then two teams advance and their scores carry over to week 17. So it's not a two week matchup, but it is like the, Somebody the scores comes in the, with a lead. Yes. Um, I'm not I, one. That's a lot more work on the commission. <laughs> it's not, uh, <laughs> it's really not that hard. But. It is. You have to do math and then you have to go in and hit a uh, score adjustment or you have to track it off the, off the site. Um, I do have it in some of mine. I mean, there are, there are some of my leagues where all 14 teams play the entire three weeks of the playoffs. Some people have a three-week matchup to decide the 14th and 14th, 14th and 13th place in the league. Now, granted, this is one where like you get a point if you finish 13th and you get zero if you finish 14th. So mm-hmm. we've competed a bunch of different formats. So you have to play the entire time. Um, as for the two-week thing, it's just not. For me, I, I've been in some, and I find them less exciting because the first week you play in it, you know it's not over. So, like, you know there's always a chance you could come back. But then by the second, by the time that second week rolls around, like, you're already either up by a decent amount or you're down by a decent amount. Maybe you do come in even, and that's probably pretty exciting. The ones that I've been in, usually it's one way or the other because somebody has a good first week and somebody has a, a less good first week. And so, you know, somebody comes in with a 20 point lead and then it just feels like it, it's it feels like kind of a deflated championship game. Maybe you can come back and, and it gets really exciting. But for me, I, I like that one game. I like that. I like that one game excitement. Yeah. And it, this sounds a bit silly to an extent, but like I like it the most when it has a very minimal impact, but it has an impact. <laughs> it's like, OK, like you clearly played, played better last week. But it's not over yet. Like yeah. that. So I, I like to have some impact, but not too much where it's a 30 point lead. And it's like, okay, like, okay, I can already just send out payouts now. Yeah. All right. 
we got a, a few minutes left. I want to just get, and you might not have a soliloquy ready for me, but I want to just get your year one thoughts of Kaleidoscope. For those that don't know about Kaleidoscope, it is a 100 uh, 100 manager league, and it, the team everyone selected their own team based off of, um, I believe it was the DLF uh, Champions League ADP, or no, what was the? No, it was just um, Kevin O'Brien pulls ADP from my fantasy league startups. Uh, okay, it, it wasn't the DLF all. Champions League or whatever. It was just all. No, I mean some of those were in there, I think. Okay. Uh, like, but they, it wasn't exclusive to those because there wasn't enough of them. I mean, got he it. pulled. He pulled like over thirty, over thirty startups to get us some really good ADP. <laughs> so essentially, everyone started out with thirty picks, picks one through thirty, and there was a lot of trading. There, there was a lot more trading than I was expecting. I'm not sure why I was expecting less trading, but <laughs> there were during during like the height of trading, there was probably like six or seven trades per day in this hundred person league, and that was like on a slow day. Um, so. And this Basically, was before the ADP was even released. People just right. started trading rounds here and there, trying to gain little advantages, hoping for the ADP to fall their way. It was crazy. So everyone drafted essentially, you know, if, if no, if you didn't make any trades, you got one player from each round. You could have reached per se. So like if you didn't like anyone in the ninth round, you could have taken two 10th round players if you had one of every pick on format going in. Um one one critique per se, and this is more so like a personal preference thing, and I, I've it's over, and I, I still have like the same like ugh, feeling about it every time. I feel like with a hundred person league, there might be too many. It's like there's too many options, and it's overwhelming. Do, what are your thoughts on that? Do, do you feel overwhelmed when you go to the trade screen with 99 trade partners? Do you think like, oh, this is just so much, and I I, I love doing it? Like, what are your thoughts on 99 trade partners? It's the worst. <laughs> no, I mean, it's so it's it's I, I approach trading differently in it. That's for sure. It, there there are plenty of times where like if I want to go shop a player uh, in the 12 team league, I'll send an offer to every team in that league. I don't do that in this league because <laughs> that would be a nightmare. If I'm going to if I'm going to get rid of a player, I might put a message in the chat. I uh, say, you know, tell me I'll send you an offer like. I will send the offer first because I know some people don't like to make the first offer. I don't mind doing that, but tell me because I don't want to send out 99 of them. What happens more often than not is I'm not looking to get rid of a guy. I'm looking to add a guy. So that's not that bad because there's a lot of guys that aren't on a lot of rosters. And if it's somebody that's already, you know, got a high roster ship, they're probably on mine. They're probably on my roster too. You know, some guy might be on 70 rosters at this point. And then there's other guys that aren't even going to be rostered in this league probably ever, which is just. Yeah, weird. no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I, I haven't looked recently, but I'm sure Cordero Patterson is on 90 of the 100 teams. At yeah, this point. I think he I think he is the highest. I think he after the last set of waiver runs, uh, because he was one of the few that was in the bot, below the 20. Uh, you you couldn't we we should be explained that you could not get anybody in the top 20 able to be added via waivers. Patterson was below that. So of course, anytime waivers run, people go and add him because it's a hundred team league with a hundred copies of every player. So there's no limit. He can be on every single roster, at which point he's basically worth nothing because he's on every single roster. Yeah. Which is interesting because we, we, we did talk about it. He, he was traded for a third round pick before yeah. one, before one of the waiver runs. And everyone was like, that's crazy trading Cordell Patterson for a third round pick. But in all actuality, 
in all actuality, it was really a third round pick for a blind bid dollar, which, you know, you could argue it was a bad trade True. in itself, but it wasn't really Cordero Patterson for a third. It because of the way the format is. Yeah. They saved their dollar and they could spend their dollar somewhere else essentially because <laughs> you have a very limited amount of waiver wire pickups in this league. Everybody was limited to three. So there was 300 maximum. that was finite. You could not add yeah, one to trade. But, but some, someone did notate like $70 went unused, which it was nuts. It's just, I, I, I mean, we knew it was going to happen. Like, cause there's out of a hundred people, some people are going to be inactive. I am nervous as can be to see what the turnover on that is going to be. But I mean, there was like 50 people that wanted in it that didn't get in it last year. Yeah. So hopefully I can fill backfill it. It's definitely unique. And I'm, I'm looking for my team and your team. We, we, we finished in similar spots. Um, so I will say that I'm looking forward to the rookie draft part where I get to select whatever rookie I want out of the, uh, out of it. So, I talked about how, you know, I'm usually a pretty active waiver wire guy. Do one thing with that league that like I felt kind of stuck at times. Mm-hmm. Yes, I could have made a trade with one of the 99 owners, but I didn't like it's not like I could cut the dead weight very often. I, I could cut the dead weight on three players. Yeah. And when you you're can in drop any time, you can sure. drop any time. <laughs> sure, sure, but there's no benefit to drop. No, anything. there's not. Um, <laughs> but you so, don't have to look at that garbage on your roster. <laughs> yeah, but that, so yeah, there is like that is an interesting facet of the league that it kind of you know gives extra value to like hitting on a player, whether it's through the draft or Big through time. startup or the waiver wire. Because if you miss, it's literally dead weight on your roster, and it's very hard to then replace that player. Like if I if I miss on a third round rookie pick in a traditional league, I can just go add you know the hot waiver wire pick. You can't really do that with this format. Yeah, because because of the limited waiver runs. What was it after like it was every like three or four weeks or something? So it was like after week three or four, and then after like week seven or eight, something mm-hmm. like that. That's when we'd ever waiver run. So you really had to wait. Uh, which it would have been kind of fun. I, I kind of wish it would have run after week one, after week two, after week three. Because think up, think back to those three weeks, how many hot waiver wire pickups there were that did nothing. <laughs> they had a good game, and then we never heard from them the rest of the season. And people would have just burned their waiver dollars on those guys. So you mentioned, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with this. You mentioned the, the potential for league turnover. Um, and uh, Dan Myler has his dynasty day trading league that he has come out and said that like there are major changes coming in the off season because of, you know, things that have you know happened in the first year and yada, yada. Do you anticipate any major changes to Kaleidoscope? Do you think that it'll run smoothly outside of maybe you having to hawk down a few extra owners because of uh, managers leaving? Do you do you anticipate, you know, after year one of the league with no name, after year one of league with no name, like almost like the format was flipped on its head. Like I had to make major <laughs> changes. Everyone went in with one division or conference and I was like, okay, everyone needs to, or else it yeah. doesn't, which was a major change. So is there anything to, to give a sneak peek to the other 99 managers, but also just to anyone dealing with having to deal with, you know, possible major changes. Is there anything, anything with quite a scope or do you think that it's going to, um, be able to run as is going into year two. So in general, I, I would say anytime you take a risk on a league like this, you have to be prepared to make changes after year one. And I think anybody that joins a league like this has to understand, look, this might change. 
But this is when you try something that you've never done before, and really, like nobody's done it before, you're going to come across unexpected things. So I can see why Dan will be making uh, changes in Dynasty J trading there that I think he wants to correct to make that league better, which is great. Honestly, with Kaleidoscope, it kind of ran how I wish there was a way to make make the waivers more options, like run it more weeks maybe. But at the time, I don't want them to become to the point where everybody gets this guy. And it's it, part of the advantage of the waiver is of that guy's production. So I kind of, as much as I want the, I want there to be more opportunities to get more guys, but it's set that way is so that you have to make your decision on when to get, when, when to go for the guy, or do you wait and try and, you know, get a guy. The way it worked out, uh, we did set it up as an all play. So basically you play every, every single manager, every single, that leads to real fast discrepancies in the records. I wish there was a way to combat that, but I set it up. I don't have a bunch of matchups. <laughs> would, would total points possibly de- decrease that discrepancy, or do you think it would? Um, I think, I mean, if you did total points, if you've done any kind of best ball league on underdog or MFL 10s, granted that's only was only 12 teams or 14 or something like that, but usually the last couple of weeks of that are pretty anticlimactic as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that that would decrease it. It probably would to three because more people would be really close, but it's still going to be a large percentage of people when you come down the stretch aren't going to be involved. And I mean, if you, if you take a, a regular like 12 team best ball league, the last two weeks of the year, there's probably two to three managers that have a legitimate shot at winning it. And usually the first seed has a hundred point lead in a, in a, you know, in a one team, in a one copy 12 team league. And it's pretty clear they're going to win. So percentage wise, I think we're pretty much on track. Anyways, there's, there, there, there are a few teams that have been really, really hot, like, and they're way out in advance, but they're not so far ahead of the other ones up at the top that they're completely out of it. But I mean, there's probably nine, there's probably 90 teams that have just no, absolutely no shot from here on, which is a shame, but I don't really know how to combat that. Yeah, and one interesting thing, which honestly I, I hadn't really looked at the standings recently because my team's thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you're you're above me though. <laughs> Just um, by three spots. <laughs> first and second place in the all play standings, okay? There is a 27 point difference, which is not very much, but there is a 70 win loss difference between the two which yeah. is nuts that a 27 point difference results in that many wins and losses. Granted it's you're playing 99 matchups every single week, but that is probably still a, a almost insurmountable, uh, you know, lead at this point in the season. And the guy that's in the lead right now is he was probably the most active in the startup. I, I mean, I bet if I went back and looked at number, well, of no, trades, there was, there was David, David Glidden. <laughs> oh yeah. He was pretty active too. But I mean, Andy Mabry at star Trucker, he was, he was extremely active. He made trades constantly and he found little edges. He, he did, he did more than, more than me, yeah, <laughs> more sure. than me barely. Uh, and I mean like, so there's every week, somebody in this league goes 99 and 0. like, I haven't felt that feeling yet, but that's got to feel really good when you're the top scorer for the week and you beat every other team. 
course, I've probably I haven't looked and I, I don't know for sure, but I've probably been 0 and 99 once or twice this year, too. <laughs> so that's sad. <laughs> All right. That should wrap up our kaleidoscope conversation before you head out. John, any anything that you need to tell the people? Uh, abolish the trade deadlines, folks. trading should be part of your playoffs because you know it's a pretty big part of dynasty so like why do we ignore that part of dynasty when we're trying to award the championship because trade deadlines create action i don't have a way to prove that but that's what i'm going to say (laughs) they don't all right managers create action all right. I don't know if I'll ever invite John back on the podcast, but I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate I having him. I forgot that you're pro deadline. <laughs> I, I I'm not that pro deadline. I I'm pro deadline, but I'm not like if you don't have a deadline, you should die. <laughs> All right, that should wrap us up. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. We appreciate John for hopping on. Make sure to listen to all 18 of his podcasts. They're all lovely. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Kadosh. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save money.